the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today for On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rhody Fisher. As a Christian mom for over 40 years and a teacher of the Bible in public schools for 25 years, Rhody will take you on a journey with some of her friends as they share their experiences and testimonies from their walk with Christ. You'll see that you are not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. Welcome to On the Road with Jesus. Now, here's your host, Rhody Fisher. Morning, everybody, and welcome, listeners, to the very first program of On the Road with Jesus. Okay, well, I thought it might be a good idea to introduce myself. Um, my name is Rhody Fisher. And for some of you that know me, you're probably wondering, what is she doing on the radio? Like, what does she think she's doing here? Yeah. So we meekly came through the front door, not knowing what we were doing. I was kind of excited. But I could tell by looking at Mark's face that he was not going to have any of it. As a matter of fact, as soon as we walked out the front door, he said, okay, Rody." You can do that, but no, not me. I am no, I'm not going to do it. And so, you know, I kept thinking, okay, no worries, because I could help move this along by talking to him about it. You know how wives are, and um, but Mark wouldn't have it. Like he continued to, you know, not be interested. Kind of the reason I wanted Mark to be on with me is Mark really keeps me centered. And if I kind of go off the rails, he kind of brings me back gently. Um, you see, Mark and I have been married 27 years, Sean. 27 years, I can't believe it. Wow. May 8th. Um, goes so quick, huh? I know, it does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, and from the very beginning of our marriage um, in 1993, um, we were both in ministry at the time doing different things. As a matter of fact, it was interesting that he was teaching the same kids on Wednesday night that I would teach on Sunday morning. And um, we, were just, we just didn't know each other. But once we got married, we both jumped in and kind of combined our ministries where we could, um, like, of course, we sang, so we both got in, you know, he was already in the choir. I jumped in with him, and I guess um, we were probably in the choir together for maybe 16 or 17 years. Um, we also, um, Mark was doing the landscaping at Calvary Chapel, Anaheim, and so I, you know, mowed the lawn for the church with him. and. Um, and he did that, you know, from the inception of Calvary Chapel Anaheim, but I just joined in right after we got married. 
um, the Lord um, allowed us to start a Muslim ministry. Um, yes, it was in the year 2000, like pre 9-11. And um, we did that together. And when Mark retired from the city of Anaheim, um, he joined me in teaching release time, which is um, release time Christian education, which is um, teaching the Bible to public school kids. So um, he's my assistant there. So he's been doing, we've been doing that for quite a while. Um, And of course, the Lord has allowed us to minister um, all over the world. Um, China, um, Korea, just everywhere, sharing Christ with um, with others that need Christ. Um, and I, I can tell a f- funny story that happened to us um, when we were our first trip to Israel. It was in two thousand and four, and we had asked Pastor Mark because we had gone to with Calvary Chapel Anaheim to Israel and. We had asked Pastor Mark if he would um, let us hand out Jesus films and tracks and and um, and different things um, to people, and he said, "Yes, go ahead." So we took full advantage of that everywhere we went, and um, I was way behind the group um, handing out um, Jesus films to. Um, we were in the. I was in the. Arabic area in Jerusalem and just handing out tracts to different people and talking to them about the Lord. And um, I had just made the bend around trying to get to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre and I could see Mark way down the way and he caught my eye and started walking towards me. And as I was walking towards him, I felt somebody's arm grab my left I mean somebody's hand grabbed my left arm and I turned and it was the police and he said um listen who's who's handing out these Jesus DVDs and I saw Mark getting closer to me and I said that guy right over there and I thought Mark was going to drop dead right there I was and I couldn't believe I said it we laugh about it now but Mark wasn't laughing then and um, I, I, I couldn't believe the next line that the police officer said. He said to Mark, do you have a few more of these? I'm a member of an underground church here, and I'd like to just, you know, hand them out myself. And so we were just so blessed um, that time. And as I said, I, we laugh about that now, but it wasn't funny at the time. Um, anyhow, um, I th- thought I was so honored that Mark was coming to my rescue, and then I threw him under the bus. Not a good thing. But um, I say all of that about the ministries that we were involved in, not to brag about ourselves, but to really brag about Jesus. I mean, for him to take... Somebody like me and a quiet person like Mark to do the kind of ministries that we've had over the years. We feel honored, but so ill-equipped. And 
One thing I did find out as we've been walking this journey with the Lord, thus on the road with Jesus, um, is he's looking for people that will say yes. And he's looking for obedience, although that's not necessarily where I fall into. I always have to be kind of pushed towards the middle. But um, we said yes, so he sent us. Um, I I do have something that I wanted to share, and um, I've been using this for years. It's my um, daily devotional uh, from Pastor Chuck Smith, who was one of my very first pastors years ago, um, who's gone on to be with Jesus. And it's his Wisdom for Today um, devotional. And I found it interesting as I was frightened of coming today alone without Mark sitting across the way, um, what the daily devotional was for the day. So here it is. Um, You could see that Wisdom for Today. Um, June 3rd, and it says here, the call of God. Um, So for today, I got to be really blessed by the Lord to read this. And Ezekiel 3.11, it says, And go, get to the captives, to the children of your people, and speak to them and tell them, thus says the Lord, whether they hear or whether they refuse. And I thought, okay, I didn't know where this was going. And it says, God has called each of us to ministry within the body of Christ. Not all apostles, not all are prophets, not all are evangelists, not all are pastors or teachers, but we all have a place in the service of God. God has a tax, uh, a task and a purpose for you. So that would be me and you too, guys. And if he calls you to ministry, you can be sure he will equip you. And when I read this this morning, I was jumping up and down, hallelujahing it, saying, okay, God's going to be here equipping me because Sean knows <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, um, but I'm here. It says God will never call you to do anything that he will not, that will not enable you to do. So I'm so blessed to hear that. Ezekiel was commanded to speak to the people, whether they listened or whether they didn't listen. The ministry is not easy. Often it can be discouraging. The people won't always respond to the things you tell them. Sometimes people get angry with you because you dare to speak to them about the things of the Lord. Like, who are you? But when your life is over, There is only one thing that will count, and that is your obedience to the will of God. Everything you may have done for yourself, all the wealth, all that you have amassed, I think it's all the wealth that you have amassed. Well, I have no wealth there. Um, All the accomplishments um, that will be written on your obituary will be meaningless. Give your life to which counts, that which is eternal. Live your life for him. And the the nice little prayer that's written down here says, Father, 
Thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit that enables us to fulfill your calling. May we always minister from a position of compassion, understanding, and love. And yet, Lord, may we not be guilty of failing to warn the people of all that you have said. In Jesus' name, amen. So that was pretty cool, right? Anyway, um, God really does equip us. Um, let's see. Okay, so the radio thing. Um, I remember on May 18th um, this year, which was a Monday, I was fast asleep and God woke me up with a bang. Um, I jumped up and I was screaming, like, who's here? What's going on? It was a really big crash in my um, room. And then I realized that something had been blown over by the blinds that were flapping back and forth because I had the windows open. And so I said to the Lord, Lord, if you wanted to wake me up, you could have been a little more quiet. But here I am, I'm awake. So, and I know that sounds crazy, but I talked to the Lord like that. But anyhow, I said, um, what do you have for me today? And I found myself um, going to um, a Bible study that was um, happening that my girlfriend, um, Theria, is leading called um, Honey on the Rock, which I love the name. Anyhow, I, I tuned in and I noticed that she was doing a Bible study on my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Um, which was in John ten twenty seven, and then she quoted Isaiah thirty twenty twenty one, which um, says that the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teachers will not be moved into a corner anymore, but your eyes will see your teachers. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, and you will walk in it, whether you turn to the right or whether you turn to the left. And I remembered when she read that verse, I thought of the fact that when we moved to Corona, that's one of the verses that the Lord had given Mark and I, because we were happy as clams living in Anaheim. And then the Lord had moved, had asked us to move to Corona. And we were like, really, Lord? And we put fleece after fleece out, and the Lord just said, go. And so here we are in Corona. Um, and so I, I thought to myself, um, Lord, what are you telling me to do? Um, you woke me up. And so I just asked, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? And I really felt impressed by the Lord that he was saying to me, you know that radio show? I need for you to call Sean. And I thought, no, I didn't hear this voice in my ear or even, you know, a voice coming from this way or I didn't turn on the radio and heard something. 
I just felt an impression on my heart that the Lord had said that to me. And I thought, wow, really? I don't even think Sean remembers who I am. And I'm going to have to see if Mark will go with me. And so um, I, I just continued to feel like the Lord had impressed me to do that. And I even got a hold of theory and said, oh, I don't know really what to do. And um, anyhow, um, I was kind of too chicken to call. So I text Sean on that Monday. And I said, I don't know if you remember me, but... And he says, yeah, call me tomorrow. It was already like 6 o'clock at night, I think. And I thought... Oh my gosh, no way. He's going to have me call him in the morning. Um, so we set up an appointment to meet on Wednesday. And Mark came home and said, no, I can't do it on Wednesday. So we rescheduled for Thursday. And Mark said, uh-uh, no, no, I can't do it on Thursday. And so um, I scheduled it for Friday. And I said, Lord... I'm going to go in without Mark, and you're just going to have to go with me. You, Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, that's it. I'm just going to go. And, you know, um, I was thinking when the Lord had called me to do this thing, I said, Lord, but I'm doing this other ministry over here. And he said, but I don't want you over there. I want you to do this thing. I felt like he said, you know, you're polishing up these trophies of a ministry I didn't even give you. And, you know, sometimes we're doing really good work. And there's even fruit there. But you're like in the wrong place. And that's the way I felt. And I thought, okay, um, I don't know. Have you ever felt like you've been wandering in the desert like the Israelites did for 40 years? Well, I had been wandering in the desert for four years, and that felt really long. It felt like 40 years. But anyway, um, I told that to my friend, Theory. I hope she doesn't mind me continuing to mention her name. But um, she said to me, you know, Rhody, when that happens, I always feel that God uses that desert experience on this new thing. Like you've been toiling over there, doing something you weren't even called to do. It's a ministry, so why is it bad? But it's the wrong one. But God will use that ministry. And I said, gosh, really? I said, of course, because of that scripture, you know, um, in Romans 8, 28, where, where it says all things will work together for good. Even that wandering in the desert part, it'll work together for good to those that love God and are called by his purpose. So um, sometimes... It's a, a wait before we get out of the desert and into the promised land. 
anyhow, um, I said to Mark, um, you know, when I go on live, would you do this with me? I know that Sean will let you come. And he said, well, not right now. But I sense that possibly his not right now, maybe, maybe soon. I don't know. But I'm praying that it'll be soon. That's my prayer anyway. Anyhow, um, during the time that Sean and I were t- talking to each other, like right here, that was May 22nd, Sean, and that was only 13 days ago. Can you believe we actually got this together in 13 days? No, because I had a lot of ups and downs and, and busy and this and that. So I know. I, I thought it was a lot longer than that, to be honest with you. It's 13 days. Wow. That's a lot. I know. And I, I, I zoom in on things. You give me a task and I'm like, I'm owning it. I'm, I'm zeroing in. I'm, I'm already running. And, um, I feel like I've been running this whole way. But anyhow, we got it all done and here we are. But anyhow, when I came in, um, um, we talked about why I felt that God was calling me to this ministry. And um, I said to Sean, you know, Sean, the first time I came in this office or this, this place, studio, I thought, wow, this is cool. Hope Radio. Hope is one of my favorite words. I know it's my friend's favorite word, too, but it is one of my favorite words. Um, I was so jazzed about that. And in itself, I kept thinking, of course, we got to do this. It's my favorite word. We got to jump in. Well, um, when my previous husband passed away, Walter, even though I had Jesus, even though I was in ministry, even though I loved the Lord, I did not anticipate the Lord taking him home. I I was blown away by that. I had really lost hope. My insides were just feeling dead. I just thought, why would I take another breath? I just want to go home to be with the Lord. I wasn't suicidal. I just was exhausted and spent, and I felt like I had nothing inside. I just had no hope. I was in such deep despair and sorrow that I was hopeless. My mother, at the time, slept with me every night for the rest of October, all of November, all of December, and part of January. And I remember my dad calling, uh, you know, Mom, when are you going to come home? My sister calling, come on, the church calling uh, from Honolulu. When are you coming back? And... um. 
she knew that she had to get me through this. And she just loved me and prayed for me and um, got me to get out of bed. And she would beg me every day to take my bath. She, I've got this bath going for you. Just jump in. Um, until the Lord had placed that hope back in me. And let me tell you a little bit about that hope. It's that tangible kind of feeling that allows you to feel like God breathed life into you, that you can hang on to that hope, that it's so real that you can take that next step and walk through whatever it is you're going to walk through. It's the kind of hope that takes you out of a really deep place of despair and gets you walking again. That's the kind of hope God gives you. It's the only place you can get it. The life scripture for me after that was in Jeremiah 29, 11, where it says, For I know the plans I have for you are for good, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. That hope. Thank you for being here today for On the Road with Jesus with your host, Rhody Fisher. Every week, you'll hear experiences and testimonies from her and her friends as they share their journey with Jesus. You'll see that you're not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. If you have a question about today's show, email Rhody Fisher at rawfisher at ontheroadwithjesus.com. Spelled R-A-H, Fisher, at on the R-H-O-D-E with Jesus.com. Or leave a voicemail at 951-817-0094. That's 951-817-0094. On the Road with Jesus is sponsored by Global Expressions Language Project. Learn more at asquaredlamps.org. That's the letter A, squaredlamps.org. Be sure to join us each week at this same time for more On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rody Fisher.